All right, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the intro. As always, as most of the times, I'm sitting down with my two main men of fitness, Mr. Max Isaac, Mr. James Hobart. And for those of you who don't know now, you know, Mr. Max Isaac is the owner of CrossFit Tilt, very successful CrossFit affiliate, multiple gyms in the Northeast area, the Massachusetts area, the tri-state area. <laughs> Wait, tri-state? Just no, nah, just the Massachusetts area. Oh, the Sudbury, right. Wellesley, Needham, Natick connection. And Mr. James Hobart is a project manager for CrossFit HQ itself. Also Whoa. former oh, former or current seminar staff flow master. Product manager, current Product. flow master. I'm trying to get I'm, I'm, I haven't I'm trying to get another gig this year, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working seminars. I learn a lot. I like it with the people. Yeah, I miss it, man. I mean, I was on that team for three or four years with you back in the Northeast when we were all rolling around the Boston area. Uh, that was back when I was with Reebok CrossFit One, coaching for the Reebok company for the most part. And seminar staff is such an honor. It's such a privilege, man. But the amount of work that goes into doing those seminars on a weekly basis is pretty massive. And the amount of energy that you have to put into or you get to put into going out there and throwing your fastball when you're with the participants at the CrossFit level one, CrossFit level two, whatever certification or certificate course that you're currently working. Also a massive output. And it's hard to balance those things sometimes. I think that that's a good place to maybe kick off the conversation. You know, we all have uh, jobs now that, you know, Max is probably the, the one who's deepest in the actual day-to-day -day operations of deepest deepest in the game yeah deepest in the game day-to-day -day operations of a gym but certainly you know james you're still deeply involved in you know the crossfit affiliate community i'm still deeply involved in the affiliate community through my work with nc fit but trying to balance some of those things with having another job or another thing that takes so much time and so much energy i found it very difficult there at the end where um it was, it was draining. It was, you know, you study all week, you go out there on Friday to travel to whatever location you get there on Saturday morning, you're greeted by 30 to 50 participants. And then you, you're going out there and you're, you're doing your thing for Saturday and Sunday. And then you come home Sunday night, you start it all over again with the studying on Monday or Tuesday to get ready for the next weekend. So, you know, huge honor, those courses, I think of all the courses out there that exist in terms of movement education. I've always said that I think CrossFit does the absolute best job of providing a foundational movement education course and a foundational course to, to understand the concepts of CrossFit. And I think for anybody who's listening who might not be familiar with that, the level one certificate course is just the beginning. It's, it's the foundation. There's tons of material to learn there and tons of material to dive into, but really just the beginning of a lot of people's journeys of whether or not they're just getting their education in this, they're going to go out there and coach, or they're going to go out there and own an affiliate. Um, but James, how, how, what's your relationship like with, with CrossFit seminar staff right now? And, you know, you said that you want to get another gig. Have you been a little bit less frequent? Oh yeah. I work, I work way less, um, than I used to. And there, there's a handful of reasons for that, but, um, I definitely love it. I definitely miss it. I'll tell you just recently though, I get my fill, you know, the, the, the teaching coaching fill as much as I love seminar staff and, and, um, 
just that team too. The the team, the group aside, you walk in the you do have like a um, captive audience when you go into the room, and that's definitely different from than how seminars first started. Mm. Um, but uh, you have you know teaching to a captive audience. For me, if you're someone who likes to teach, it's the best thing in the world. But uh, lately, I've just been getting my fill from coaching inside the affiliate. I still coach four ish, sometimes slightly more classes a week. Wow, um, good for you. You're doing the five thirty six thirty. It's kind of how I rolled today. Woke up, came in early, coached the five thirty, coached six thirty. At seven thirty, ran my class a little late, a little seven thirty-five. Be one hundred percent honest. That's um, fucked up. Yeah, blew it. <laughs> Take my level four, um, and uh, then I, I literally did five hip extensions, and then did did Michael because that was the class for today, and then came up here to to pod with you guys. Was the does Mafia follow Cap? They follow Cap. Yeah, I mean they do. So what? they they follow it. Um, we use the class plans, but they do, they do a flex day. So their Sunday is an open gym, um, where they post the workout that's written for the day, or you can come in and make up a day you miss this week, which I love. I think, I think every gym, I know every gym's got a different style. I think every gym mm. should do it that way. Cause you know, there'd be sometimes you just, you know, Tuesday's workout's just a ripper and you want to hit it and you can't, and if you can squeeze in Sunday, it's super cool. So, so, so they, they do, do they, they do Sunday as a makeup day. Yeah. Or, or whatever you want. I'm, I'm, I'm switching that. Um, so, (laughs) so do they, they don't, they don't program a workout for Sunday. It's like, like, yeah. So they program like what cap writes for Sunday, but it's really like you can come in and they write the warm up on the board too. So you can come in, do the warm up, and then do whatever you want. You miss Tuesday, do Tuesday. You want to do Sunday, do Sunday. Um, every December mafia does a challenge, you know, hundred thousand row, a hundred thousand meters, so what's my favorite part about December from Thanksgiving to New Year's is Sundays you come in, everybody's on the rowers shooting the shit. You know, you're trying to get somebody to do a couple extra thousands. So December's a fun month here. But yeah, Sunday's a flex day. And um, I really like it. I super like it. Yeah. So much uh I like so much about that. I like uh rowing a fuck ton. I think Dude. that if if you can spend a lot of time on a rower, it just makes I think a lot of your other movements way better. And um, it's kind of also like the OG machine. Like I, I like the skier. I like the biker. Nobody fucking likes the echo bike. Um, <laughs> I just think that, you know, the rower was the first piece of equipment outside of, you know, a run, um, a double under, or, you know, like a burpee for, you know, for like a monostructural thing, or maybe like a box jump or box jump over, but like the rower was like the OG machine. I mean, you got the workout Jackie, there's not, not a lot of workouts that involve, involve machines. Although the main site did have a workout this week that I thought was interesting. It was a biker skier mashup, um, the, the three up to 30 with a partner. Cool. But could be, could be a hard thing to do. Um, question was yesterday's cap workout, um, 30 dumbbell snatch, 10 wall walk, 30 dumbbell snatch, 10 wall walk, 30 dumbbell snatch. No, I thought yesterday's cap workout was um, do a hundred pushups and at zero and every minute on the minute row a hundred meters, but I got to check. Hmm. Oh, cool. I like, I like that one as well. Um, yeah, it is interesting how the, the whole machine game has kind of leveled up uh, yeah. as CrossFit has evolved. You know, Max is, completely correct you know when you first started out or first looked at crossfit.com programming there were not a lot of implements utilized aside from the rower and then there was some biking that was involved but there was really no prescription for the biking i believe in terms of calories or um in terms of like which bike to use i think it was usually all meter or 
some sort of distance base. If yeah, you sometimes were, they, if were you like, they were like they were like take a Gary Fisher with pegs in the front and pegs in the back. Um, <laughs> ride ride two buddies. <laughs> that was always that was always the move. I remember having pegs, pegs in the front, BMX pegs bike. in the back. And couldn't do any tricks, but I could definitely let my buddy ride on the back and let my buddy ride in the front. And that was always, uh, always a really good time. Well, um, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of evolved in so far that I think a lot of gyms now have access to bikes in some way, shape or form, right? The, whether it's the assault bike, the echo bike or the concept to, uh, erg bike. And they're all, yeah, we're, they're all different. Max, what do you kind of run popularly at? We're 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 C two only. Um, I, the reason I the reason I love Concept Two products is in the Northeast. We're you know a couple states away, so they're 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 based in Vermont, and their customer service is the best customer service I've ever received. You can Shout always out Greg get Hammond. Yeah, you can always get and my buddy Jameson. You can always get somebody on the phone immediately. Um, they sell and service um, parts and for every piece of equipment they've ever made. So from the very first rower, which was a wooden rower with a big metal fan to where they're at right now with their rower, biker, and skier, they always have the parts. It's just, it's really easy. Like I, we were one of the first gyms to buy a large amount of bikers. As soon as they came out, we um, we bought like 10 to 12 bikers. We had one issue with one biker and they were like, you know, there could be more problems with your other bikes. So instead of just like letting this thing possibly happen, we're going to drive to you and replace all like the midsections for all of the bikes. At that point, I was like, well, we're never Customer going anywhere for life. else. Yeah. So um, that's, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with those products. The other thing that I really like is it's the same flywheel. Same so I exact think that that, flywheel mechanism as the rower. And it, yeah, so the the row bike and the ski they all they all share the same flywheel. I like that. Like there's just there's just continuity, and it just looks better. They're they're easier to store. Um, yeah, they're lower I've, profile. They're lighter. Um, yeah. They don't have moving as many moving parts as the. Yeah assault bike or the echo bike because traditionally on the assault bike and the echo bike you have the arms that move also and then can propel the fan as well as the feet that propels the fan but on the concept two erg bike it's a stationary bike that the arms don't move so it's it's kind of set up a bit more like a road bike um and it rides differently like you can control the resistance through how much air is flowing through the fan, whether or not you go all the way up to 10 or you bring it all the way down to zero or one. And at zero or one, you have, you know, very little resistance and you're able to really pump the feet. But at 10, it becomes much harder to move. It's like you're cycling through mud. Yeah. And the assault bike um, and the echo bike don't necessarily have that ability to regulate how difficult or easy it is to pedal. It's, it's kind of the same no matter what, it's just dependent on your effort. Um, yeah, I have, uh, we had a couple bikers from, um, spinal tap that go up to 11. So there's, <laughs> so there's, uh, there's a bunch of bikers that go to 10, but if you're looking for just that little extra output, we have a couple that go to 11. Well, why not just make 10 more difficult? 
no, but these ones go to 11. If you haven't seen Spinal Tap, you should probably see that uh, see that movie. Um, also, big shout out really quick to James for recommending I watch the Mario movie. Um, really, Not bad, really right? good. I thought it, I thought it was great. Super entertaining. And, you know, um, I'm traveling this week. I'm, uh, I'm in Nebraska for a corn maze convention. And um, when you're watching a movie on a plane, and this is also bringing us right back to traveling for seminar staff, so making connections, um, the movie has to be appropriate for everybody behind you no, to watch. No. <laughs> There's I no like to make it as I want like the cringiest. Yeah. It's got, oh, yeah, you're, 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 you're going to watch uh, Wolf of wall street on, on a plane. Yeah. No, American, American psycho. Okay. No. So I watched the Mario movie. It's fun for everybody. I really enjoyed it. Like you said, the soundtrack's really good. There's just a bunch of silly things. I love, I love a good animated movie. Um, and, really really enjoy um traveling the right way which is um packing my own snacks Mm. and always sitting in an aisle seat if you are a window seat person you're fucking wrong it's it is it is the worst spot to see you are the most vulnerable um anybody can do anything to you at any time um you just got to watch those knees and elbows when the cart comes by yeah, I just I disagree with that. It depends on the flight, time of the flight. And time also you gotta understand really is a big deal. You know, it's like it's other aisle sitters who are liabilities. The the people who sit against the window, they're like you're a certain category of person, you know. <laughs> and if you choose a middle seat or you don't care enough to choose a seat that you end up in a middle seat, you're also a pretty passive person. I actually think it's the people in the aisle who are the most dangerous on the plane. Okay. So you're are you a stander upper as soon as the plane lands? Fuck you, no. Stop. What's the rush? Stop. I, I've I've never understood this ever. And what I normally do is when the plane lands, I just stay in my seat. And then when the person in front of me, directly in front of me, gets up, then I stand up. Because if if you stand That's the up, protocol. Yes, if you stand up when the flight when the flight lands and you're all fucking hunched over, like I I just I, I can't I can't understand people. I'm like, where do you think you're going? Well, the, the plane is fucking closed. You know who is always, and I'll chirp him a little bit just because he he texted me this morning. Um, who is always funny to travel with um, was Austin, and for those of you that know Austin Maliolo, he he's um. And I think it's loosened, but his spring is wound tight. And like we would, we would get to the gate and he like needed to get through security as fast as possible. And we'd get to the gate and he'd be standing like, you know, if it wasn't his group and we would travel a lot for seminar staff for staff. So we had good status, but if it wasn't his group, he would stand like right next to the, the like the belt, the belt, whatever they call the gate. Oh God. And like, the, like the just like gate. one. Yeah. The rope gate with a shoulder half in. So as soon as they called his group, or as soon as he saw the guy pick up the mic, he was stepping in. Well, that's um, that. That's, he that's a yeah. mercenary mindset. In and we would get man. we would get to the airport probably. You know, if we ever had to do a seminar together. Um, and I traveled a lot with Denise Thomas, who it's like polar opposites in terms of their their bearing through the airport. You know, like Denise could like stop and have like a four course meal and kind of get to the you know when she needed to, but Austin would like he'd get there five hours early. 
Yeah, chomping on <laughs> no. egg salad sandwich in the car. He's like, um, we got to beat traffic. We'd, we'd have a 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. flight. We'd be at the airport at, at, at 9 a.m. <laughs> big, big, big dad energy there. The, the, the like colony of people that congregate in front of in you know in front of the area where they're calling groups is also just obscene i love like the i i I just the people who think that they can either speed up time or you know speed up the line by pressuring more and do this again i stay in my seat until they call my group and then i get up but i only fly first class so it's usually I'm the first one called. There you go. Right. So it's That's not how you got a nonstop status. It's, it's not, it's not really, it's not really a big deal. Um, this is this is the other thing. So I did I did bump up my flights to to Nebraska first class because when you fly when you fly to Nebraska, it's sixty dollars to, to get bumped up to first class. So um while you're in Nebraska, you dropping in the gyms. Uh, I'm visiting my sister. She's a professor here at a uh, university in Nebraska. And what are you be doing am, for fitness? I'm dropping in, dropping, dropping in. Gym. So I am uh, hold on. I'm going to get there. But the last thing I want to tell you is that um, it was a Monday morning and the guy sitting next to me in a two hour flight had four mimosas. I'm like, I like it. I think that when people get on a plane, they're like, this isn't even real life. So whatever, whatever they want to do, they're going to do. If I had, if I had four mimosas and mind you, I flew out at 10 o'clock in the morning. If I had four mimosas at 10 AM, um, I'm not sure I'd make it to Nebraska. All sense and sensibility seems to go out the window when you are at the airport, the airport is, there's no rules anymore at the airport. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, I do. I, I do like that. Um, Yes, I'm dropping in. Uh, the reason I asked James about the cap programming is today. So I'm dro- I'm dropping into big shout out to uh, Lincoln Nutrition and Fitness. Um, they were great last night when I came to take classes. They are they're doing Michael today, so they yeah. they 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 might be following cap. And then tomorrow is like a deadlift strength with a short AMRAP. What's the Michael workout again? So Michael. Michael workout is a hero workout. It's a running and back extension workout. Yeah. What's, uh, what's three, the rounds actual... for time, three rounds for time, 800 meter run. And I think it's historically been written as 50 back extensions. Most people do it with a hip, hip extension. extension. Uh, and I feel like if you press Greg on it, he would be like, just get the work done. Um, you know, 50 sit-ups. And I've done it both ways with hip extension and back extensions. It's very, very hard with back extensions. Like it's a... It's an uncomfortable three rounds. So just for everybody's, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just for everybody's education out there, James, the difference between the hip extension and the back extension, we're talking about two movements that both occur on traditionally the GHD and the hip extension. You have the hip free of the GHD pad so that you can extend the entire trunk up and down. So you have your whole spine stays in its neutral position and you're utilizing your hip flexors, your posterior chain, your glutes, all that kind of stuff, your low back, you're raising your entire upper body to a parallel position in relation to the floor and then bowing all the way down almost to where the crown of your head is directly down into the ground and you have that neutral spine. So it's essentially like a good morning type of movement, a good morning position on a GHD. And then the good back mornings extension. are about a million times easier. Go ahead. Yeah, but 
just replicating the motor pattern. You're bowing at the waist, essentially, where your free is your hip is free of the pad. In the back extension, and this is a tough difference to tell, like especially, and this is an interesting, not interesting, but you know, anybody who's a coach out there or an athlete out there, these two movements can be confusing. In the back extension, you're blocking the hip on the pad. So you don't necessarily change the position at the waist. You're changing the position of the spine above the waist. So you're rounding out your upper back all the way down and then coming back up and extending your back and getting to parallel. But it's really the position of the hip on the pad that determines like the range of motion. For the for the lay people in the back, the hip extension is sort of like Thank you, a, a bend and snap where you're putting out the vibe. And then like a, a back extension is kind of like where you're slouching. Yeah, you're rounding out your upper back and then extending back all the way open. Yeah. And those two movements. Yeah. Bend over, touch your knees to your elbows. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah it, That's it, like a back it, extension. Okay. The hip extension looks twins. a hip extension looks nice. If someone does, you you don't watch somebody do a back extension on a GHD and go, oh yeah, that looks nice. And James, Yikes. the the main, what do you think the main benefit of these movements on the <sighs> GHD are? Because you don't have a lot of gyms out there that have multiple GHDs, or I shouldn't say that. It's just my assumption that most gyms don't have 10 GHDs in which, you know, their athletes can very easily get on during a class workout and perform these movements. I mean, a lot how, much of times, space, how much space do you have at your gym for fucking yeah, 10 GHDs? Well, I mean, back Actually, in the day at Reebok, that was one of the coolest parts of, of working there yes. is that, you know, you had so much space at that gym that you had every toy in the world that you could ever want or imagine including enough GHDs to get as many athletes as wanted to be on the GHDs for whether it's GHD sit-ups or hip extensions or back extensions, and also utilizing that tool during warm-ups and cool-downs and accessory work was a, a huge benefit. It's a, a an obviously it's a great, they call it a machine, but it's really just a stationary device. Um, James, thoughts? What was the question? I blacked out. <laughs> blacked out. What's the what's Sorry. the what's the purpose of these exercises? Yeah. What do you think the main benefit of these exercises are? So in a workout like Michael, if like if well, you GHD. don't have a GHD, yeah, you know, you're probably doing that workout, running the 800 meter, and then doing either sit ups or you're doing good mornings or you're doing Romanian deadlifts, right? I had I had a lot of people do uh, I had a lot of people do uh, unweighted good mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, we had people do pirate rules. So some people, I, people get too bent out of shape with the order of a workout. Um, you know, especially with a movement, like a hip extension anyway, I think it's really hard to compare to other people in the class. Like if someone beats you by five minutes in this workout and you both did it RX, you're probably the slower runner runner. Um, you know, it wasn't the fact that so-and-so just GHDs were not quite as low as yours or whatever. But anyway, um, the real benefit is learning how to, how to flex and extend at the hip with a, with a static trunk. Um, and so you can train that in a G, uh, good morning. You can train that, um, with, um, a Superman hold or an arch up on the floor. You could do, I had some people do, you know, slightly weighted good morning. So the most, I said, if you really want to do one today, um, you can use a barbell, and uh, so people were kind of all over the map and, and we have a pretty smart group here. So 
I had people in the same class on weighted good morning, weighted good morning, hip extension, and they were all within that, you know, 20 to 27 minute mark. So I think they kind of, they got it right. Um, but that's the, that's the real benefit. I like the pirate rule style just cause it, we warmed everybody up and practiced the hip extensions just so everyone could get familiar with it. Cause we had a couple of newer athletes. Um, What's pirate rule style for you? What does so that mean? You say R. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, he land lovers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, everyone wears an eye patch throughout the workout and holds a, holds a, 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 a scimitar nice between their teeth. A saber gotta, in their mouth. You no, gotta run pirate rules leg. is um like the three of us would start at the same time, and let's say there was only one GHD. Whoever gets back first hits the GHD. I had um, the way I ran it is three, two, one, go. I made sure all the GHDs were filled. We only have four, not only four. We have four GHDs. So I started four people on GHDs, four people on sit-ups, and the rest of the class started on the run. Yeah, mm. and so you know that way everybody got a little bit of GHD flavor. And um, you know I don't think I don't think anyone walks out less fit and it gets everybody exposed to that. And there was one one fellow today and he smashed it, man. He had wheels on the run, guy TJ. And he did a shout out 20, TJ. Shout out TJ for sure today. And um he did it with uh he came up to me and said, Hey, can I just do all the rounds with a with a 45 pound good morning? And I said, Absolutely, man. And he did a great job and stayed pace with everybody else and yeah, nailed it. That's a I mean um, I talk about a, a good workout. If you don't have a GHD and you wanted to try this workout, three rounds, 800 meter run, throw a barbell on your back, whatever weight barbell that you wanted to utilize and do a, a, a good morning. And that would be a pretty tough workout. 30 good mornings, way, 45 way, pound way, barbell. Way easier. Way easier than um, the I, GHD I, we version. Even had, uh, we even had one young lady. She, yes. um, she did an on way to mm, good morning. I don't know about that. She did on a way to good morning. And it's like, I still think you get enough interference to like, you know, and this is a CrossFit workout. You know, if you just do even an on way to good morning, I was actually thinking about this while I was doing the workout and I was like, man, what a good gateway drug workout. Probably not a great phrase. Um, sorry to anyone <laughs> out there who that offends. Um, but what a good first time workout for anyone who has a running background to start to understand CrossFit. Like, oh yeah. Three rounds for time, 800 meter run. Um, yeah. standing on weighted good mornings and some variation of appropriate sit up. Um, like what a great workout just for them to understand. Like, what does it feel like to now do your specialty when someone yep. has stabbed your legs with ice picks? Um, um the, it was cool. the, the, the ad mat sit up also shout out to like one of the movements that appears to be the easiest. And then, like you said, like you bring a runner in who normally doesn't do ad mat sit ups. Yeah, they're going to smash the run. They get in there, they get 25 sit-ups and they got an alien bursting out of their stomach and uh, <laughs> and it's going to feel really tough. I like what you just said there, which is about like, don't stress the order of the workout. Like, okay, I and and, and I get it for, for the CrossFit purists out there. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Fran, 21, 15, 9 thrusters, pull-ups. Is it going to feel a little bit different if you go pull-up thruster? Sure, you're probably not going to be in a class where you have to do it that way where you're mixing the order but there are a handful of these workouts where it's like mm. like you said like like okay hey you know we're, we're we're programming michael or shit i mean there was um there was a workout that we did did last week at at tilt and it had um you know it, it was this front squat rope climb workout and it was supposed to be this really sprinty style workout and well we had 30 people show up to the noon class 
And we're like, hey, you know what? Actually, we're going to do this team style. It's still going to be very sprinty. It's actually going to be a little bit different. We're going to increase the weight where the first workout had the weight that's programmed at that 115.85. We're going to increase the weight. We're going to do this. And if if your members truly understand that a workout is a workout and it's a drop in the fitness bucket, they're going to be able to flip the script and have a great time any day. And I think that is a huge indicator on how well you're educating your members on the purpose of what this thing is right like if you have a bunch of people that are just fucking sticks you know sticks in the mud they're stuck in the mud about order of everything oh it has to be done this way it's like i mean shit also may you know maybe that is the culture of your gym but i i know for for me for tilt for my coaches like i want my coaches to be dynamic and flexible enough to to switch something when they need to do it i need the members to also understand that Hey, depending on the size of the class that we get or whatever, we may change a couple of things and that's going to be totally fine. Yeah, and I, and I mean, and I know some people might think this, like, I don't mean any disrespect because Michael is a hero workout. Um, I don't think anybody's, workout. I don't think so anybody's like, taking it disrespectfully, yeah, but that's just my, my point is like, I get it. Like, it's a hero workout. It's got to be done a certain way. And, um, it's, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like practical application of like getting people in class, familiarizing people with something that's like, from the outside looking in, it's a pretty monstrous workout. I mean, for us, you know, right. you've been doing cross a long time. You're like, oh yeah, Michael's a slam dunk. But I think if you're not conditioned on that, that it was funny. <laughs> we haven't done a ton of hip extensions lately. It was funny just watching some of our fitter athletes just kind of have meltdowns on the, on the hip extension and talk about how challenging they were. Um, you know, it's a fair amount of volume. So yeah, Very it was hard. a blast. And then um, I finished the, the 630 class and I basically, I did five hip extensions and then I started the workout <laughs> and then I came up here to set up. So good good record. thank good you. Cord. MDV, thank MDV you. what were you going to say? You, look well, like you had something you were going to say. In, in AMRAPs and EMOMs, it really doesn't matter as much where you start in those workouts. I mean, because you're cycling through rounds that eventually all blend together like that. I think you can make the argument that, you know, in four time workouts, they're, there is a little bit more about um, how the order of the workout falls in terms of like how you might perform or how that workout might feel, but it like minimally. So a lot of times, and you know, if you're a coach and you're out there and my encouragement to athletes would be like, yeah, it, it is a lot of fun to do the workout exactly as written. You know, it, it it is really fun to all start in the same station. It's fun to do all the movements in the same order, but it's not always like James said, it's not always practical. So have some flexibility there. Um, if you're always the person who's making the adjustment, you know, maybe, maybe you get the chance to do the workout all the way through, or if you're never the person who makes the adjustment, maybe you take it on the other side and you go, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to start um, at a different station today. But when you're a coach, it, it can be difficult because there is sometimes that like a little bit of that, uh, that like groan when you have to start people at, at different stations, especially for really big workouts, like really big workouts that have big names that everybody wants to do in order. Right. And I think like from the coaching perspective, a lot of people, especially like the very new athletes, usually they won't necessarily care as much about where they start as long as they're getting a great workout as long as they feel comfortable as long as they know that you're there and you're watching them and they're moving you know safely and efficiently but right. you, you can kind of identify sometimes like who might 
want to start, especially like a, a named workout or a hero workout or a benchmark workout, you can kind of identify who might want to start at the very beginning of the workout and run it all the way through. Um, right. And, and save yourself and me, some headaches as opposed to right. having like people complain. Right. And let, let me, let me be clear here. Like I, I'm not saying, you know, hey, do the workout, Jackie, and one person starts in the row and one person starts in the thruster and one person starts in the pull-up. If you're running Jackie at your gym, you're probably going to do it in two heats, right? Like that's actually a really great way to do that workout, right? I'm not saying do Christine starting on the deadlifts, one person starts in the box and one person starts in the row. But like, go ahead, go run the filthy 50 at your gym and think that you're really going to get all athletes to start on the box jump. You're not doing that. In fact, the way to do filthy 50 is one person starts on the box jump, another starts on the jumping pull-up, another person starts on the kettlebell swing. You cycle through the first three, three movements. And then you set everybody through under the walking lunge. Yeah. Like there, there are certain ways to do these workouts to, to make it work, but also you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so for for newer coaches, this is why it's important to be communicating with your coaches from the top down, letting them know, hey, this is going to be an appropriate delay. This is how you can do this workout in two heats, how you can start them at different stations. I mean, I think same thing. We talked about fight gone bad last week. You're not starting fight gone bad on the fucking row. Like that's just not how that workout goes. You're going to have to figure out a way to get everybody finishing on the machine. That's that's how that workout should go. So, again, it's, you know. It's 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 a case by case basis. I'm excited to drop in today to do the workout, Michael. I'll be doing it with a 225. Good morning. Thirty reps on reps for fifty reps, and then for the um for the sit ups, I think I'll probably be doing um a weighted GHD. So probably um, use a third thirty pound uh, med ball for that. Sounds. I good. was I was thinking RX plus to, to standardize, Michael. Um, and make it more comparable across athletes, like a 50, like a 45, 35 pound deadlift, or would it be a 75, 55 for the, for a deadlift? Well, cause the hip extension is so nebulose. Yep. I agree. I agree. I, I would like a standard, if somebody, a standard if somebody, range of motion. Yeah. If somebody beats you by like five minutes, you're just slower. Like I, I'm down with that, but it's like, if you're neck and neck with your buddy and they beat you by like a step, you know, well, that that's that's also uh, why I was saying saying the the good morning is really hard. That range of motion is it's it's all gray area. Like there's no. And I told you know, that to the class. Today. Yellow. I, I said to him, I said, "Hey, look, you know the standard in the GHD. I said worry less about that and worry more about you know maintaining this this low back position both on the good morning and the GHD because I said I I think they'll get more benefit." This is one of the rare places where we'll say like, don't worry less about the range of motion and, and, and focus, you know, solely on this piece. Um, let's, let's wrap this up. I want to take a question from one of our listeners. Um, oh, uh, wait, did they, did they dial in? No, they did. I just got, we don't have the technology so, no, for dialing. They just, it, was, it doesn't was exist. DM. Actually. It was a DM I received this week for those of you out there with coaching questions. You slide right into James Hobart's DMS. Come on in. What's oh, the coaching good. question that we got? First of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's put a bow on the Michael conversation. I think oh, that three rounds, 800 meters, whether or not you want to do that with a 45 pound barbell on your back, 45 or 35 pound barbell on your back for a good morning. Or doing that with, use like you said, some sort of light deadlift, 75 pounds or 55 pounds, or even 95, 65, I think could be a good uh, workout there. And doing that with a 
back squat. And that, I was just thinking about doing that workout three rounds for time, 800 meters, then 30 back squats or doing a back squat at 95, 65 would be an absolutely brutal workout. Um, yeah. So all those are good options. Um, but it's a classic CrossFit hero workout. It's called Michael. It's three rounds, 800 meters, and then 30 back extensions, but you can really do the hip extension if you wanted to. Is it 50? You know, it's what it's I want to see. What it's I want to see. 50. Yeah. Yes. Oh, see is, my fault there. 50. I think I would do the 30 there's... reps of the deadlift or the 30 reps of the back squat. 50 reps of the hip extension, back extension, a whole different workout. I think for anyone out there who's never my done apologies. it before, I'd say go just try, you know, if you, I'd say go just try it, you know, with, with hip extensions on the GHD. Um, and for those of you that think you're great at hip extensions, what I'd like to see is like, you just put a little board down on the, the upright of the GHD and you have to kiss it. You have to kiss the board. So, kiss. you know, your torso is 90 degrees to the ground. Little, little now, smooshy kiss. at the bottom. Give a little, and then come up to the top. Yeah. My apologies. 50, 50 is a whole different ball game. Max, when I was talking about the workout, I, I thought it was 30. 50 um, hip extensions versus 30 you're definitely you definitely have to probably if you don't have exposure to that movement you're definitely breaking that up 50 aka ferrari what's up ladies and gents mdv here excuse the brief interruption to your normally scheduled intro programming but if you're a gym owner turn on your listening ears it's time to learn about the nc fit collective the nc fit collective is designed exclusively for gym owners who want to source their programming from the people who know it best we create 365 days a year of result-driven, fun, and challenging workouts, all designed to be done in a class environment. And there's no nonsense, none of this stuff that might show up that your members are gonna groan or moan at. We are throwing our fastball every single time. And all of those workouts are backed up by a class plan, which you can utilize not only for your coaches to go out there and be fully prepared, but to develop them over the course of many repetitions. Every single time they take the floor, they're gonna get a little bit better. Check out nc.fit backslash programming to learn more. What is, uh, what's, what's the question from our listener? Oh, let me pull it up. I think this is from, uh, let me get a name on this. Yeah, we, well, we it. have so few listeners. Kristen. This is an actual Kristen. person. Kristen. This is a really good question. And what she do we got? says, um, Hey James, love the podcast. Listen every Ooh. week. You're the best one on there. Um, thousand times better than MDBA. <laughs> no, she, um, she says, hello. She said, um, I was curious of everyone's thoughts on class evaluations. Have Ooh. you done them for other coaches? Had you, have you had them done for your own classes, pros, cons, structure, thoughts? Thanks so much. This is a really, really great question. We actually just got done wrapping up um, our third cohort for Coach Like a Pro. So at NC Fit, we launched a course called Coach Like a Pro, which is a five-week course. We have an intro call in week one, then we have four content calls. There's eight hours of content across those four content calls that participants will review. And feedback observation is a major part of the course. Through the course, you're assigned two observations. It's a very concentrated course across those weeks. You have two formal observations that you get done and uh, we discuss them in the call. So if you wanted more information, check out Coach Like a Pro. But my thoughts on this are that when you're running a gym and you have a coaching staff, the most important thing is that the coaches are engaged in the informal discussion of the craft of coaching, that they are open to discussing 
things that go well, that they're open to discussing things that didn't go well, that they have removed ego from the situation, and that you as the owner or you as another coach or you as a team can all discuss these things in a really productive environment. And part and parcel is that part and parcel in that is that you guys are sometimes taking each other's classes and talking about how those classes went. And then what might be one thing that went really well and what might be one thing that didn't go so well or could be improved and just learning from those experiences, obviously going out there and being prepared, obviously going out there and giving your best effort, but getting some peer-to-peer feedback in that informal setting is really, really important. So if that's not happening, that's such a low barrier to entry means to start a development system within the gym. Simply observe or take each other's classes and then just talk about them. It doesn't need to be super formal. But in terms of the formal observations, I kind of relate it to going to the dentist um, because it adds a layer of pressure to the situation sometimes. And if you're constantly formally evaluating where you're utilizing, you know, a scorecard or you're sitting there and you're taking meticulous notes and then you're going through all the feedback with the coach and you're telling them, you know, these are the couple of things that you didn't do so uh, well and these can be improved. You know, that can add a layer of pressure to the situation that I don't think always is super productive. So at NC Fit, what we do is we have two observations each year, uh, two formal observations, one in the first half of the year, one in the second half of the year. And we expect and we want our coaches outside of those observations to be talking about the craft of coaching. But we don't over overly observe, overly utilize the formal observation. So that's kind of my take on it, but I wanted to get your guys' opinions as well. Yeah, I I agree with what you said, MDV, which is you should just be taking your coach's classes. They should be taking your classes. You should be talking as much as possible after class. I know, you know, for instance, at all of our tilt gyms, the coaches take class the owners take class and there's always an opportunity during the week at least once to talk to whoever just coached about, Hey, here's some things that, that went well. Let's actually, you know, like explain to me this progression that you use, never seen you use that before. It's, it's more just an opportunity to have, like you said, in, in open discussion about, um, about what's happening on the floor. The the thing, the one thing that Jason Ackerman said that was ever of any value was um, no matter what <laughs> you need, you need to immediately talk about whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a formal or an informal evaluation. If you're planning on giving any sort of feedback, it needs to happen right after the class. So it's, um, it's not going to be not going to be good to you know to wait you know a couple of a couple of hours or a couple of days after the fact you want you want to be able to have have that discussion immediately after i don't uh you said you want to have the discussion immediately after class well, well not like not taking away from the 15 minutes or 20 minutes after you know like after class for them to interact but yes i want them i want to give them the feedback while the whole thing's fresh i mean the reason i'm saying a couple hours i can barely fucking remember something 15 minutes ago that happened i don't even remember how we started the podcast today but i want i want to make sure that the feedback that i'm giving is kind of like in real time 
So it's like, hey, these are the things that I noticed today. These mm-hmm. are some things that we could fix. These are some things that went well. I think it's really ineffective. Let's give like you know, a couple of days if you you watch somebody's class and then nothing. Like I don't know. That doesn't uh, that that doesn't really do it for me. Yeah. I, so I think that there's a fine line here. So feedback is really challenge can be really challenging for people, and when it's given in the wrong set and setting. Or when somebody's not in the right frame of mind to receive it, it can be really, really, really harsh and it can be really challenging. Like, so if for the first thing of all of all the things that are important in feedback, in my opinion, is that the coaches have to be on board and the owner has to be on board that this is part of the culture of what we do at the gym. Like we talk about these things because we all want to get better. And this is not just like, a one-time thing. It's not only for certain people. Everybody is availing themselves to this culture of feedback and and everybody talks about coaching. I think that, you know, if you're observing, if that culture is established and you're observing somebody's class and there's also things that you have to be aware of, like if, if you're the owner or the head coach, obviously feedback usually flows best that way. It can be really challenging for two coaches who are on the same level to give each other feedback unless the culture is really, really strong. Um, I don't think that it's a non-starter for me. It just, it needs to be understood that anybody can give feedback to anybody about things that they thought went really well and things that they thought could be improved. And that is not for some people. I think some people don't necessarily like that type of feedback environment. I think some people like more structure where it's like the more senior people are observing the more junior people. And that's the way that we're going about it. But um, in terms of timing, just be careful that like when you're talking to a coach who just finishes a class, I've been on both ends of this. I've messed it up from the feedback portion and I've been on the receiving end of feedback right when I finished a class. And it was so harsh and so hard for me to understand because I think most coaches go out there with the best intentions. You know, you go out there, you throw your fastball, you're trying really hard. You want everybody to have a good time. You want everybody to have a great workout. You want everybody to learn a thing or two. And then if you're hit with, Hey, I saw your class and I don't think you did this very well. Like right after can be really, really hard and really challenging. So I think that there's a come down period. I think like, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that usually is sufficient unless you wanted to hit somebody with something like really quick and really informal that you wanted to see like immediately fixed and they're going into their next class. But like the tone and the type of style that you deliver that in really matters. Um, Yeah. But I don't think there's anything wrong, especially for formal observations when there's like, some really serious notes that are taken and like you have a full understanding of like everything that went down. I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting, like whether it's a couple of hours or 24 hours, but within a, a, a smaller period of time, for sure, you're not going like week or two weeks or three or four days. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're waiting a month. You're like, Hey, remember that Saturday, 7am class that you coached two months ago? Yeah. Man, that, I got that some, wouldn't I be got some, I, I, Yeah. No, I, I want to let me, I want to summarize this up. This is like a James in there. I got, I got some notes for Kristen here. So, so I'm hearing some things here. So set the expectation <laughs> that you have feedback in your gym. You're going to set that expectation consistently, right? Here's what's coming. Here's why we do it. Here's when it's going to happen. Um, maybe take into consideration the audience, part-time coach, full-time coach. How do they receive feedback? 
that kind of stuff. Um, feedback has a shelf life. Can't wait a week for stuff. Um, you want to give it probably as soon as possible, but in a time where the coach actually has the capacity to receive it, remember it, mm-hmm. apply it. Um, take other people's classes, both as a member and as a member who is a coach. I like that one a lot. Ooh, there are times, shit, boy. There are times I think it's really good. I like this one a lot. I think it's times like I'll just take a class and I'll just be like, how do I feel? Oh, I feel great. I like that class. Why? Um, I don't know. Coach seemed really friendly. Check. You know, it doesn't always have to be like this. I agree. I don't you don't have to peel back 50 layers of the onion. Um, That's it. Wait, hold on. That's actually the fucking best thing. And this is some, something <laughs> that, that, that you taught me as well, James. Like, I remember coming to you and be like, man, sometimes I have, I, I have a really hard time just like letting myself work out. And you're like, dude, like you literally need to find, you know, different, different ways to take class. Sure. There are times when you're going to take a class and you're, you're looking to give feedback on it, but like also just let yourself take class, let yourself enjoy it, let it be fun, you know, and don't feel like you said, like this, this is the, this is the last thing that I'll let, I'll let James finish. It's also not that fucking complicated. You know, like there, yes, I, I get it. You could, you could peel everything back. Like you said, kind of Shrek style, onion style, a million different layers, but also it, it, you can also keep things on the surface. Um, and last piece about feedback is most of the time, give them like one really, really big thing to yeah. work on and try one and, big and try not and try, try not to give somebody 900,000 different things. It's like, you're not going to do anything well. It's the same thing with with correcting movement. You're you're not going to go ahead and correct somebody's movement and give them give them a hundred things to do. Like okay, hey, today we're going to focus on keeping our entire foot in contact with the ground. That should probably be the whole thing that person focuses on in that class, right? So then at the end of class, you'd be like, dude, you did such a great job keeping your entire foot on the ground. Tomorrow we'll work on something else. Boom, have a great rest of your day. For your coach, right? It it could be something super super simple right like it could be like today on the dead or like on the deadlift i want you to focus on you know people's hip level coming down when the barbell passes their knee right and then maybe you observe that next class like dude you did a great job on that next time we're going to focus on something else but killer like i like mdv like your your point on this a lot was just about being tactful in the way that you're giving people feedback for sure um generally speaking as much as you know everybody in this field wants to be like oh i love i love getting feedback i love getting feedback it's really not in human nature to to want to be getting essentially like things that you're doing wrong all the time you you can go ahead and say that you're you know the toughest fucking person in the world and oh I, you know i welcome all feedback it's like then you also like lying which is okay <laughs> like you you know like the feedback that you want, it's, oh, you're a fucking killer class. Playlist was on point. Fall Out Boy always hits, you know, like that. Like, let's, always let's hits. Right. Always. Like, they, they, they give them that one thing that they can work on and then also tell them the shit that they're doing well. Because if you're giving feedback to your coach and essentially every time you're giving them feedback, they're like, wow, I'm like really a fucking piece of shit. And everything that I'm doing sucks. Nobody got fitter. I didn't give enough cues. They're like, why am I even in this profession? Am I even good enough to do this? Uh, it's, it's a very hard balance and the same thing that you're going to err on the side of caution when correcting people, you're also going to err on the side of caution when giving people feedback. Yeah, for sure, dude. And like, you know, my, my position has changed on this over the years as well. And, you know, when it comes down to coaching a great class, like it's so, it's so simple 
and but also like it can be so hard to do at sometimes because it's like you you overthink everything but like you just want to have your members have a good time which means you're having a good time which means your members are having a good time you want them to get a great workout so you want to help them find whatever it is that they want to get after that day or need to get after that day based on what's there you know taking into account their experience taking into account how they're feeling that day and then you want to impart some sort of knowledge on them or some sort of inspiration or motivation and whether that's movement related whether that's stimulus related whether that's strategy related whether whatever like have a good time get a good workout and learn a thing or two like it doesn't need to be much more complicated than that and doing it and being grateful for being there and having a smile on your face as the coach is usually all that the members really want. I mean, yeah, you can geek out on technical expertise and stuff like that, but like the more you try to impress people with just technical expertise, like it starts to turn into like a fucking seminar on the snatch, which that's not what they're there for. Yeah, they want they want to know how to do the movement, but they just want to do the movement and do the workout. At least that's my opinion. All right, so let me let me just add a little bit more for Let's for go. at home. <laughs> Um, so the other thing I'm getting from you guys, and, and I've experienced this when we started running um, coach feedback for our coaches, we had a mix of full-time, part-time coaches. And, and we did have like this 20 tiered checklist. And um, what I found as someone who was giving feedback is I couldn't track week to week. What the fuck I had given you feedback on last time. <laughs> um, Cause again, we weren't going through this 20, we tried quarterly and it was just, it wasn't right. It was much easier when I was in the gym to grab coach and say, Hey, um, what's two things you want to work on in this class? Oh, I'm trying to work on X and Y. Fantastic. End of class, you knocked X out of the park. Grab your notebook, write this down. For Y, try this next time. And then the next time I saw them, I could say, hey, grab your notebook. Did you work on this? Yes. What worked? What you told me did not work, but I found a different way to do it. Fantastic. <laughs> so I do think simplicity really matters, um, especially for people who don't coach in your gym every single day or coach in classes. The other thing I like that you guys said is, is set some simple standards to give feedback against. You know, it's like, did you do a whiteboard brief? Did you address scaling? What was your high? What was your low? And did you hit the timeline? You know, like for me today, blew my 630 class over time, realized, James, you're just getting too chummy at the whiteboard. Um, so mm. I'm going to tighten up my whiteboard a little bit, make sure that that, uh, class, the, the movement part of class starts a little sooner. So I think those are some really big takeaways, um, that I, that I like the consistency one is important. And I think consistency of feedback honestly comes down to doing less, you know, total feedback in a session and focusing on less. Cause it's also easier for the person giving the feedback to remember. Cause I think something I've learned in the years is you not only have to give the feedback, you have to give them a constructive thing to try in order to improve. And you have to give them a, a very simple way to measure it. Like, Hey, next time I want you to tighten up your timeline and you're going to do this by keeping your whiteboard brief under three minutes. And you'll know if you got this right, if class ends on time, right? Like, so you have to give them really simple steps. Um, but I like that. And to, and to give a little, little shout out to Austin again, he said once, and I don't know if it came from him, but he said, the goal of class is really simple. You keep everybody safe. Did everyone have fun? And did everybody learn at least one thing? And I think if you can achieve those three things, you're probably operating at a coaching level that's 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 high percentile. Um, but anyway, yeah. What else we got? No, I think that this that's is a really great. this is a really good discussion, man. I think like 
I've been guilty of overcomplicating feedback in the past. And, you know, we certainly have a formal feedback process at NC Fit, and I think that it serves its purpose. And it's really helpful during the Coach Like a Pro course to run people through that formal observation. But in general, what you really want to accomplish, and it seems like the consensus opinion here is that you want the members to have a good time because if they're not having a good time, unless they're getting like the most extraordinary results in the world, they're literally walking around with like 17 abs and their back muscles are popping out of their shirt and their glutes are popping out, you know, they're probably passing five or six other gyms on the way to your gym. So if they're not having a good time, they're more than likely going to consider going somewhere else at some point. So they have to have a good time, have to get a great workout. And that also means staying safe. That also means that you're not doing reckless shit during your workout. And the coach is the arbiter of that decision-making process. Like you have to be there to help people make some of these decisions. Then you have to learn something. And again, learning something doesn't necessarily need to be technical every single time. A lot of times it can be, but it can be about learning how to approach a workout. It can be learning how to prepare for a workout, learning how to warm up a certain movement, learning how to cycle a certain movement, learning how to you know handle the mental stress of going into a benchmark work or whatever it is. There's so much stuff that you can talk about and so much stuff that you can walk away and learn um, from, from every time that you, you walk into the gym. So Chris, can I do one? Killed it Sorry. with the question. Yeah. Kristen, keep sending us your questions. If you got them, our five listeners, we could do some more. Can I do one more shout out before yes. I can tell Matt wants to wrap this up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, just shout out to uh, Brittany Kincaid, uh, Jonathan Kincaid, owners of CrossFit Mafia, Brittany Kincaid, um, seminar staff level four. They just celebrated their 10 year anniversary Whoa, hell yeah. of CrossFit Mafia on, um, on Saturday. So big accomplishment in the affiliate world, small business world. So they threw a cool party for, for the members. Um, it was awesome. So just a lot of love for them and they've given me a place to coach. So have they created t-shirts a workout that you can't refuse? We got, we're going to get that going. Because I actually, Brittany, Brittany reached out. She hit me up the other day. She said, I heard, I heard, I heard I got some new t-shirts I got to make. So when we get those printed, we'll, uh, we'll get you one. What a great I, affiliate name, by the way, we've said yeah, it before. I'm, we'll say it again. I'm, I'm going to do the Danny DeVito one. Do it. The Danny DeVito. Got, thing? You mean Joe, Joe Pesci. That's who Joe Pesci. Yeah, Sorry. Sorry. I thought you were going to yeah, do a Danny Pesci. DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito twins tea. <laughs> I'll do them all. Um, God, what a what a what a great episode! All right, well, thank last you, fellas. Thing I'll do- yeah, hold what on. do you got, Max? Um, that I watched another movie um, on on my flight that was that was really the Meg really too. free. No, the uh, the create the, the creator. Oh, is so, that good? So the creator is. Uh, a new movie about AI, and I I think it will probably become reality in the next 50 years. So if you want to see what the world is going to be like in about 50 years, go watch The Creator. Things look pretty okay, um, except that there was like a nuclear holocaust. Um, but the the movie itself, definitely worth watching. Definitely worth watching. It's, it's different than the Mario movie, but very similar. Um, so... <laughs> But uh, that uh, that actor, um, uh, Washington, uh, John David Washington, Washington, John Washington, I don't know, George Washington, George, John George David Washington. Washington. Um, yes, he's from Tenant, right? Was he in Tenant? No, he and was I like in I think... the Declaration of Independence. 
Okay. Yes. So, so he was in Tenet. And by the way, a fun, a fun fact about the movie Tenet. I, I, uh, I never saw James, Tenet. You've seen it. So yeah, yeah. Tenet, um, Tenet is probably one of the hardest movies to follow. And one harder than um, Inception. It, it makes Inception look like fucking Go Dog Go. So um, one, <laughs> which one is very confusing. Yes. Does the dog go or stop? So um, Tenet. One thing I was realizing is I'm like, man, I can't fucking hear anything. And part of the movie is that they turn the audio down in certain, James, did you know this, in certain points in the movie? So you can't really hear what they're saying. It's like, it's part, it's part of the part movie. Part of the I'm movie? Like, fuck, I'm like, fuck this. And um, Tenet, Tenet's one of those movies where you're like a little too embarrassed to say that you didn't really understand it. Not me. I'm an idiot. I didn't get it. Um, Inception, way better. Inception, 10 out of 10. Inception's a great movie. It's very yeah, long. Also based on a true story. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right, fellas. Well, we are recording this episode on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. You guys are going to listen to this on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, but we hope you both, I hope you both have a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody out there who's listening has had a fantastic Thanksgiving, got in some good workouts, got in some good turkey, some good pumpkin pie, whatever else. We didn't talk about any of the king size when it comes to Thanksgiving, but let's really quickly, what do you got? No, everybody, no, everybody eats the same shit. Don't even worry about it. Like I was actually, you know, I was actually found a spot where I'm going to go get a local, a local's corn dog spot. Um, corn dog this in. weekend. And um, are, you, are you in Nebraska too? No, no. Um, and there's this place, um, Marco's in, in Longmont. And they make like a, a Sonoran dog, which is basically like a bacon wrapped chili cheese dog with all the fixings. So I'm gonna go hit that up. So have fun with your turkey and your your um, grainy mashed potatoes, people. Have a great Thanksgiving. Love you guys. And <laughs> on that super high note, see you, bud. Hello, friends. MDV here. Thank you for listening to the Intro with MDV podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for weekly downloads wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember, we have a new episode coming to you every Tuesday. And if you have time and five stars to spare, please leave me a rating and review on iTunes. If you're looking for more out of me, MDV, you can find me on Instagram at MDV underscore FIT. Until next time, friends, let's go. Let's go.